Hey there, friends, and welcome back to Grounded in the Middle. I'm your host, Danielle Folk, and I am so glad that you are here with me today. Want to become rooted in living your best life? Well, hop in the car, lace up those shoes, start that load of laundry, do whatever it is you need to do, and get ready for a quick trip into the country where I'm going to share stories of homesteading life and restoration. Together, we're going to dig into topics that will lead you to reflect, rethink, and become more rooted in who you are today. And just know, I am absolutely thrilled you decided to hit play and join me here today on Grounded in the Middle. Hey friends, will you do me a favor? After listening in to today's episode, will you give it a quick review? By doing so, you will be helping this podcast reach other listeners just like you. And don't forget, join me on Instagram at Farmhouse Storyteller and subscribe to the Farmhouse Storyteller Journal at farmhousestoryteller.com. This is where you're going to get emails of recipes and other fun adventures here out in the middle. Well, here we are. Last week of December, friends, we have made it to the end of the year. We have made it through the Christmas season, which honestly, when your kids are on break, um, it kind of feels like Christmas last until like the beginning of January anyways. And so um, I, I can't believe it. Here we are. Another year under our belt, my friends. It's just, it's absolutely crazy. And I'm wondering, where are you at right now? Are you like relaxed? Are you rested from having some time off at the holidays? Or are you in the camp of being really tired, like that really, really good tired? And you're probably likely going to be tired the rest of the week and sleep through the ball drop. I'm just wondering where you're at. Um, because this time of year, it's just so different for all of us. There's just those two camps. But anyways, I am glad that you have chosen to let me be a part of your day and for popping out here to the middle. You know, something that's really neat that happened this month was our community got together on a couple occasions. And this has been a long time coming. It's been a hope for our community to start doing some things. And we started the month with a tree lighting and it was a very our very first tree lighting in the community and it was put on together with our good neighbors group and the historical society and the township trustees and I tell you what it was fantastic we had cookies and hot chocolate we had um, you know a local veteran who has just returned after serving he lit our tree for us we had Santa out back it was a wonderful way to start the season but it really brought on this sense of community and in addition to that we also did another event called Reese Across America and the community gathered after a lot of organize, you know, organizing had gone on for this. Um, but we ended up placing wreaths at the headstones of our veterans and the cemeteries that are controlled by the township here. And we had over 120 wreaths that were laid. And it, it just, it's amazing how when you get out in your community and you see one another just kind of like how that boosts you. It lifts your spirits. And um, I wanted to share with you a little bit about community outside of right here um, in the middle. And it is a community that I guess you could say is 
found through the internet and it's the old house community and if you're not familiar on Instagram because that's kind of where I hang out on social media on Instagram I had started the federal farmhouse account when we first bought our home and it's gonna be five years now and that I've had this account and so it was a way to connect with others and follow their journeys and learn from them um, and all the things you know that goes with old house life and wouldn't you know I didn't expect to find such a community that like talks and helps each other and I've shared with you before that I've my husband and I have actually traveled up to New Hampshire to visit one of my Instagram friends Amanda but she wasn't the only one we visited and it's just given that sense of community even beyond right where we live it's a neat thing to be a part of and I think we all kind of want to be a part of something and so today on the show I'm going to be bringing on Christina and Johnny, and they are the ones that are behind the account, Our Corner of Currituck. And so I'm going to share with you an interview that I did with them. And so I hope that you will enjoy just kind of listening in and learning about someone else and their journey and what they have found by kind of taking a risk and going against the grain and not doing things, you know, like you think you're supposed to. So I hope you will enjoy this interview, friends. Christina and Johnny, welcome and thank you for hopping on the podcast today. Thank you for having having us. Well, I have to share with listeners that we met, one of our like first memorable interactions was over our kitchens and and how they like to leak. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I don't know that I've really ever uh, shared this because it's not fun information to share. Maybe once I have mentioned it, but in our kitchen, we had an old, uh, fireplace chimney. And when we moved in, everything looked great until we got a really big rain. And so water would just pour in. And then Aaron had his issues with his back. And by that point I had buckets set up under that fireplace and it was a bad deal. And we had to temporarily get it fixed. These old houses, though, have a way of bringing us together. And I wanted to kind of give you guys a chance to share how you guys came to your old house, because it's similar to our story of leaving kind of suburbia or that new house and choosing to step into something that is really a love of labor. And so I want to know, did you guys decide that together or was it one of you wanting that old house experience more than the other? I was actually brought home from the hospital to an 18, I believe 1850s house and my parents totally restored that. So I kind of grew up how our kids are growing up with some areas of the house off limits, some areas behind plastic, the leaks. I remember growing up and um, like bats getting in the house from oh like attic and stuff. Um, and then when my parents moved to North Carolina, we just had new construction, but it kind of was always appreciated. And we always did um, like old house tours and stuff on vacations. Like we just always kind of had old home appreciation growing up when I met Johnny and moved in with him, he was 
redoing his house totally, which was a 1970. Yeah, just a split ranch, just a typical suburban house. In the Chicago suburbs. So he kind of had the experience of taking a house all the way back, making sure everything was done correct and putting it back. And then I kind of had the appreciation of old through that and fixing up that house. When we moved here, we wanted to do nothing. Like I remember telling him, like, I don't even want to have to paint a room. I just want to get the key, open the door and live in our house. So we did that and it was in an HOA. And we've also talked about this experience too, where you you know, while you're house hunting and you're looking at the HOA agreements and every, like it, it's on black and white and on paper, you're like, okay, this is fine. Like I, I can live in this. Like, I'm not going to have a broken down car in my yard. That's fine. But then once you add the human element into it and the board meetings and the neighbors kind of having to tell on each other and police each other, and it gets very toxic very quickly So when we had our daughter, it was just kind of this realization where you're kind of looking at the world through totally different eyes once you become a parent. And I think it was shared where both of us were just like, we don't want her growing up, like thinking this is normal and kind of being around this kind of situation And so um, it took us a couple of years just because, you know, you have a newborn, like life is kind of crazy, but it was in the back of our heads then where we were kind of looking for more than just, you know, a a house on a little lot in an HOA. And then when she kind of started developing her personality and she was very much like she was nicknamed dirt kid. And oh she goodness. just like mud, bugs. Um, I started doing garden boxes and like, it was just such a cool thing to be like, oh, I need a side for dinner. Let me go out and pick like cucumbers and tomatoes and make a salad. And so it was through that we were like, we need to get kind of more land. So then that was when our motto of less house, more yard. And okay. so- Johnny just kind of took over looking because that stressed me out a lot. I like the uh, I like the Zillow usage of it, just the the browsing all the things and it's like every every house like you immediate it's kind of like exciting to just see what the possibilities are. Absolutely. Um, from my standpoint, historically, when I was redoing the house, because I you know I'm a web developer and IT director, I was, it was always very like modern house. So I never necessarily had that. I I, I just I think I never had the exposure to an old house. Um, so, so once we started looking, I think that the charm, I've always like log cabins is sort of like the dream home. Okay. Um, so once I started looking at old houses, uh, I just, the charm of it, like it was immediate, like I saw the appeal of it, the, the you know, and, and so we were looking for something with land and with land, a lot of times it was like, you know, old farmhouses and stuff like that. So it was a very more recent, you know, for me, a more recent love affair with old houses. Like when yeah. I saw okay. it, because I always like doing all the construction. So I, I also like the, the sort of, it's not cookie cutter. There's a lot of really interesting challenges with an old house or, mm-hmm. and you can really do things the way you want, because as you're making modifications, 
you can just like get in their gut and fix things up correctly. It's just, it's so much more than just taking that cookie cutter house and like, yeah. okay, yeah, we painted the trim. Great. But <laughs> you know, it's just, there's so much more, it, there's so much more excitement in redoing an old house. There is. And I think as old house stewards, it's a unique breed of those, at least part of the community of those who like, they want that challenge. You want the mind bending experience where other people are like, I, I can't even like, don't even put me in there because it is, it's a lot of problem solving and thinking on your toes and you have to pivot all the time. Um, you open something up and then you have to, you got to tackle it differently than how you approached it. And so you have to be probably a very strong couple, like the two of you in order to, to live in a house like we are too that has project rooms to have things kind of like hanging over your head that need to get done it's kind of like you find you're, you're in an unsettled world, but within it all, like you find this strength in this family and yeah. there's so much benefit to that. And you mentioned the, the HOA and I, I tell you what, to go back on that for just a second. And so I didn't realize, but when you favorite a house on Zillow, you immediately get emails when anything changes. And so I just being the old house lover that I am and like just kind of keeping an inventory of the houses around our neighborhood that we love, um, I've just always kind of like dropped pins on Google Maps and had him look up the information later or I favorited them on Zillow just to even read because Zillow gives the information of like when it was built and stuff like that. Right. So I have several old houses of our whole area favorited in Zillow, not ever realizing, but we were actually, we had sold our old house. We had nowhere to live or anything. I think it was like two weeks before our closing and our realtor was like, let's get you a house because she also has a rental program. So she found us a rental house right across from the ocean. We had moved in there. We only had it, we moved in there in January. We only had it till April because then it opens for the tourism. Oh, season. sure. Yes. And so, you know, we're just kind of like, I guess we need to figure out something in these four months. And I opened my email and it was that a house you have saved has had a listing change. And I saw the pictures with the gas pumps and I'm like, mentally processing that means this house is for sale and I quickly looked at the price and it's not like out of our budget and I burst into his office jumping up and down he couldn't even understand me I'm like you have to call Myra you have to call Myra our realtor and um I I've told people since I have to imagine that's what feeling like winning the lottery feels like to kind of mentally process that the numbers you're seeing are the numbers that match your ticket. <laughs> yes. And yes. Then kind of just the explosion of excitement of like, this could be a reality. So we called her, she um, set up an appointment. Was it in like three days? Cause we had to wait for the other. No, it was, it was. Oh, the, the other. Day. Yeah. It was the, next day. That day they couldn't yeah. do an appointment because they had listed it, but they weren't ready to show it. Yeah, so we were the first appointment the next day. Created listing for the back lot yet. Like I just got in the email right at, I, I think they said it was like within two hours of the listing going live. 
So we scheduled a, an appointment. We saw it the next day and we just like knew just before we even looked we, and we saw pictures, but really the thing that we loved was everything that we kind of had just talked about with you that when we got into the house, it was all there. Like it wasn't that somebody had like gutted it and put like Home Depot stuff. Like yes. we have all of our original doors, all of our original hardware, the floors, like, so it was everything that we loved and then just kind of confirming in person that this is it. So then there was two or three days of more showings that had already scheduled and they wanted to show those first told our realtor that that first day before the listing to drop the papers because we knew we were going to yeah. make an offer so we just said leave the the price but we after seeing it and you know knowing what the value was even if it wasn't necessarily market value the value of what was in the home and the property and the old store the value to the community we just went with list price so mm -hmm. i didn't think that it was necessarily going to be you know like oh you know we didn't know if we we're going to get a bidding war but yeah. I felt pretty comfortable that, you know, it was going to go through and I they just not. had to form out. <laughs> Especially when they showed the house, the, the, the home caretakers that was there with us. And there was a few, you know, uh, personal connections as far oh, as yeah. like the piano teacher and everything like that. And, and he saw that we wanted to restore the house. And that was a big concern for the family selling it. Yeah. That they didn't want somebody, we're right on the highway, it could easily be torn down and put up some commercial property. Which Absolutely. is all around here. Like since we have, lived in this house now coming up on three years we just within I would say 10 miles of us there have been three new dollar generals and that was like the kind of joke with the caretaker and the realtor was that if you don't buy it dollar general's gonna buy it because they want to be on the corner Oh my goodness. Put it up there. You would have to say though, that the community though, that you're in now is much different than that HOA community in the sense that this has been an icon. Like it's a, it's something that has been around your home and that gas station it's been here and it has yeah. a lot of history with the locals, which is really neat because you get visitors still yes. that yes. come by. <laughs> I think it's a cool, it's an instant connection. You yeah, know? we just actually had one, was that like two weeks ago? A man well, share with listeners. Okay, so share with listeners so, about your visitors to the to the station and such too. So we we actually our closing had to be moved up because of the COVID pandemic. Like we purchased and bought literally right at the beginning of that. So I think that kind of affected a little bit because it was full lockdown. So we did get some people, um, but they kind of would vocalize that they wanted to like not intrude on our space or they would come back and see it later when it wasn't quarantine or would kind of be outside and, and distance. But um, after that, we, you know, we, we get, it was more so in the beginning, but when people had, I guess they'd seen the for sale sign. So then they knew and they would stop by and, um, we had a couple that would knock on the door or see us in the yard. And the number one thing always is that people want to buy the gas pumps. Okay. Always. Are they for okay. sale? If you ever get rid of those, my neighbor's cousin's aunt collects SO. Here's their number. <laughs> they would love this to add to their collection. So um, that is by far number one request. Um, and then 
Number two that comes up, which I love, and I'm sure you do too, is the people stopping to tell us the stories. Yes. Like, and and they'll go inside and you can literally see it wash over their face that they remember being in the store when it was open, when it was kind of a hub of the community. We've had men that are like my dad's age or older come in and tell us they remember being in the store when they were like five. And they'll tell us like this area here used to have a barrel that that bench rested on, or this shelf here used to have candy and crackers and they were one cent. And, and it's really special to kind of see because the store had closed about the time I was born. So I've never seen the store open. I've always driven by and just kind of seen the store and known it was frozen in time. And when we toured it, it was, you know, frozen in time. It was literally like somebody locked the door and closed it for the last time. Um, So it's just really cool to see that side of it. And then we'll find little things in the store that kind of connect to the stories we've been told. Like that one gentleman, he was telling us how you would buy Coke and Nabs, which I actually had to Google is Nabisco crackers. Ah, yes. So okay. He said they would buy a Coke and Nabs and it was 10 cents. So you would leave your dime on the counter. So then he said when um, sales tax came to the county, it was this whole huge uproar because it had to be calculated <laughs> and it was not your dime anymore. So it was like, you know, some odd sense. Yeah. After he told us that story, we found a little, it's like a little chart of how you would calculate out the sales tax. Are you serious? the register. And then on one of the shelves, we found a cigar box with a hole cut out. And then somebody had written sales tax to set on the counter. So it's like, obviously those things were already in the store. They're very cool. We would have seen them. But then when you hear his story, you connect those dots and you realize like these go with those stories. These help tell the history of that story and, and this town and them getting sales tax and it being like a quirky little thing that it, it caused that they couldn't just throw their dime on the counter anymore. Well, I have to share with listeners that our family had the opportunity to visit you. We were some of those people who came by (laughs) on our way on our family vacation. And we actually got to go into that store. And it is, it's just like Christina explains that it, it is frozen in time. So knowing that you have gotten into homesteading with your garden and for me, like we garden, but I feel like you take it to the next level. We actually had purchased seeds last year and we got to, we got to grow from uh, your garden, from your seeds. And I wonder though, is there any hopes of opening up that store ever in the future since you're quite the homesteader? Yeah, we, I mean, we've talked about it. Um, I personally have worked just kind of like in retail and in, in with the public, So I know like, no matter if anybody comes in, you have to be sitting there like nine to five. So I don't necessarily want to jump right into that because I feel like with having to babysit the store, we would have to give up some of like the freedom of 
you know, working from home, homeschooling our daughter and, and that. I think in the future. Yeah, definitely. You know, the other, the other issue is that because of the way that the sort of lot split up, we've got a front acre where it's the house and the store. So any visitors to the store would like kind of have to park in our front yard. <laughs> There's right. not a parking for it. The, the, the lot adjacent to it is now owned by the neighbor. If we were to do, uh, if we were to make that commercial property, we would probably have to be able to purchase that in order for people to park like to visit the store. Yeah. which we're kind okay. of trying to do in the front, just kind of restructure. Um, just because another huge thing that we get is people pulling into the front yard to take pictures all the time. And so I don't necessarily like that. Can you? Yeah, you get quite a few visitors there to take pictures yeah, from weddings pictures. and just yes. buy the gas I pump. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I will have to post a picture of our family picture again um, out there by the station because it is, it's absolutely adorable. but. You um you guys get a ton of traffic, but yeah, were, what when you moved there, of course you wanted the old house life, but did you plan on? I know that you said that you guys kind of got into gardening. That was great and convenient, a taste of it. Yeah. Did you plan? And I know you wanted land, but was it your intent to really grow your garden as large as you have? Because you have quite um, a spread there. I think that obviously it was. We definitely wanted to grow the garden way bigger because the old house only had four little garden boxes that Johnny had built, like raised beds. We got here and it was just so big. Like you don't realize how, when you're kind of looking at an empty field that's five acres, how like, you know, I can put my little garden there and it's just a postage stamp size yeah. of what land we have available. Um, I knew we didn't want to farm commercially we've had some inquiries about because you can lease it out but for us it's so close to the house that we weren't comfortable if you know they use like pesticides or um fertilizers so we knew definitely that it would be for but I don't think we realized how big but I don't I don't know if we would ever incorporate the door into that unless it would be to just sell kind of smaller things like um seeds or anything just because around here and as you know driving through the area there are so many farm stands and they yes. are kind of long-standing and traditions and people know where they're going to get their collards or they know who has the best watermelon so okay. I kind of feel like we would be not not able to really compete with that and rightfully so. So what we have always discussed that we would like, if we do open it as a store, is kind of local, like local artisans, local products. That um, would be really neat. Yeah. Like just yeah. kind of, I don't know how we would structure it and we haven't gotten that far in the planning process, but just kind of the ability that we would be able to kind of showcase Curatok. So are you planning on um, selling your seeds again? Probably. Um, I did not grow as big of a variety this year as I did in the past. And I also am going to be kind of making it less of a variety next year, just because I was coming in, not really with any gardening. Like the first year we were here was my second year ever gardening. I hadn't really ever grown anything. So it's like, I didn't know if peppers would be easier. So I just kind of went 
all out and grew. I made a list of all the things we like to eat and I purchased all of those and I tried to grow them. And so some of them were successful. Some of them I realized I planted too late or too early. So kind of the next year of that was fine tuning that. And then I think now I have kind of a pretty good idea of what we use and how much we use. And so I feel like now I'm going to plan to plant that a little bit better now that I've got more experience under my belt. So it probably will, if I sell seeds, will probably not be the as wide a variety as I did in the past. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that's important for listeners to know whether you live like on a farm or if you live in the city, or if you live um, in the suburbs that you know, gardening can be done, you know, really, it might not be to a degree maybe if you have a lot of acreage, but I mean, even like you, we kind of figured out that we don't need 10 cucumber plants because they (laughs) produce a lot, Um, you know, and you can have just one on your back porch or patio, you know, you can do it. It it doesn't have to be limited to those who just have land and who have old houses because the two of them oftentimes go together but I think it's really cool that you stepped into doing something new and trying it because gardening and from what I have heard and read from experts is that, you know, you don't know how it's going to go the first time and it takes tweaking and even yeah. the position and where you put it in your garden exactly. can, can change. You might as well just at this point in life, you just wing it and see how yeah. it goes because that's you what, end up finding out. What yeah, like that's what I told him like, I think the most expensive packet of seeds I've ever bought was like the big squash and gourds. Those can get to like five or $6 a packet, but the majority are in like the two, $3 range. And it's like, we waste that money on dumb, like a a cup of coffee. Well, that or letting vegetables we buy from the store, like, you know, lettuce, it just expires and we spent three or four bucks on it. So why not give it a go? Yeah. Same exact thing that we've said, like, let's, you know, spend the two, three dollars plant and see how it goes. If it works, it works. If not, you've at least gained the experience or learned a lesson of like what does and doesn't work. Sometimes Um, it doesn't work because I mow them. Yes. he (laughs) (laughs) I love your honesty. She, she explicitly told me I'm putting them here. She explained it to me by the next weekend. That information was not in my brain anymore. And I'm like, oh, I'll put this area nice yeah. and clean. I went, I'm like, and he was like, what? I was being helpful. Like, she's going to be so happy. I mowed here. We normally forget this area. And yep. Like, yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you find yourself as a couple and granted in any relationship that you have in time, you know, you get closer, but have you found your guys' self, your family a bit more grounded Um, just in being where you are in the experiences that you've had together and shared as a family? I'd say we hate each other more. (laughs) (laughs) It is definitely not all like roses and stuff. It is hard it is very hard it's harder than I thought and we even knew coming into it we like had serious discussions this is going to be hard this is going to take a while there's going to be a lot of unsettled and stuff but it's even harder once you're in the thick of it um 
I think, yeah, like, I mean, Johnny's able to work from home and we homeschool her. So there's definitely a lot more where it's kind of family unit, family discussions, family decisions, even little things with the house. Like we kind of discuss it all together and include her in the decisions. I think that it's with being grounded, it definitely makes you kind of constantly reevaluating almost like your mental health, your mental capacity, where I, I, I've brought up stuff with him before where I'm like, I was okay with this, but now I'm not. And you kind of have to problem solve together. And we've moved rooms around. We have switched projects right in the middle of them because we have realized this is not working. That needs to be the priority. So I think there is definite areas of your life that there are deeper connections, deeper awareness, deeper kind of thoughts when you're living. I I wish listeners could like see me on zoom because I'm nodding my head. Yes. Yes. I have moved rooms. We've moved bedrooms. We mentioned the other day, one room has been like four different things. Um, and, but to your point though, there's so much communicating that has to happen. And I think that sometimes, and what's unique about your family is that you are working from home. You're not going to an office and getting away and getting a break. You are in it 24 seven. And, and I think that's really special. It says a lot about you all and your relationships too, because communication is key at the end of the day. And, and what better to um, strengthen those communication skills than living in a house (laughs) that, that you're having to one live in and figure out how does this work for our family, but preserve it and do the work. You're not having people come in and do the work. And so you're really carrying quite a bit. And I just think y'all are so remarkable. You guys are just, you guys are, (laughs) you're so, you're such a great family. And, and I am always inspired by how, how you share how you share your life in such a positive way and that those views those sunsets down there holy smoke i mean they're just gorgeous <laughs> from from behind like looking at your garden um it's an inspiration yeah. i think to other you guys you are inspiring to others because so many people want to live a life like you guys are and i love that you appreciate it and that that it means so much to you. You don't take that for granted. Yeah, Um, like there are, there are times where you kind of let that get in your head where like we could have just bought, you know, an easy house, but then just what you're saying, like we look around or you see a sunset and then we realize, and we've both said this, like as soon as you start going down that road and thinking that and the difficult, we both are able to kind of separately just, you appreciate those things. You realize why we, we did it. And it's easy to kind of come back to the gratitude and kind of refocus yourself and realize that kind of the journey is, is going to be a little difficult, but it's going to be worth it in the end. Cause you kind of, you can't help, but see the end of how you'll decorate a room in your mind or um, and you, you look forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. You have the yes. goal. You, like, you know, we know, we know what life, what we want our life to be. 
and you know the, the property, the house, all of it's the means to get there. So even if it's really difficult, you know that you're on that road. You know, yeah. like we know we want it to homeschool. You know, there's there's so many. I think that so many people and so much of how kind of society has gotten away from like sort of simple basic things. Everything's about the conveniences now. So I think you know th this is sort of our a way to do that. So even when it gets really difficult, you just know you're working towards you you know that life that you want. So that always yes. makes it easy. Yeah, it gets challenging. Well, guys, I can't thank you enough for joining me today on the podcast. You guys are just so fantastic. And you. <laughs> yes, it's good to see you again in person because I'm hoping that we'll get to come see you again soon and visit and I see your kitchen. So yes, I yes, can't wait. Yes, yes. I can't wait. I have to post a bunch of updates with that. I'm way behind in sharing the progress. There's been so much progress made in the kitchen. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I'm just thrilled for leaves. you. Oh, yay. That's always the best. It's always the best. All right, you guys. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today and Christina and Johnny on the podcast. I want to just let you know that I'm going to take a little bit of time off here in January. So you can find me back at the beginning of February here on Grounded in the Middle.